Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Um, welcome to our delightful Howard's Way podcast. How delightful. Yes, it's very, very delightful. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. And we are following down the delicious and delightful yachty drama that is Howard's Wee! This episode first broadcast on September the 13th, 1987. Gosh. Very exciting. So... IMDB, they say, Freya rejects Sir Edward's offer. Gosh. Jan meets with a young design student, Anna Lee. Kate offers to listen to Polly's problems. Tom and Jack are disappointed by the verdict rendered by the coroner's court. Jan and Tom must decide whether or not to continue with divorce proceedings. Polly bristles Mm -mm. when Gerald is forced to cancel another dinner. Bill tempts Jack back to the bottle. Amanda plays another joke on Leo. Mm. Mm. Tom wants to know if his relationship with Avril is over. Gerald declines to share his problems with Polly. Jan doesn't get what she wants from Ken. Sarah and Ken plan an assignation while suspicious Mark is away at a race. Tom and Jack disagree over the yard's layoffs after the bank puts a stop to their cash flow. And Frere makes a decision against the Barracuda. And there ends the episode! (laughs) So join us next week for our our next episode of Reading Out from IMDb. (laughs) So a lot happened in this episode. Yes. Uh, And it was quite a lot of doom and gloom. You mean it wasn't a jolly, frothy laugh a minute? No. It wasn't a comedic episode. No, because last week it was also, it was it was all a little bit jolly. I mean, there was a little bit of a depressing air about things, but it was all like stiff upper lip. Um, and this one, it was quite. It was there's some really really sensitive scenes. I mean, th- it, that the episode starts with yes another Rolls Royce. <laughs> so with with, um, with Charles going seeing his daddy at the yeah. stately pile, and we did think that daddy really ought to try and clean up the facade of his stately pile. It's looking rather grubby. Grub- looking very grubby. Oh, it was very... I, mean, I, 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 I Need a power washer. It, <laughs> did they have power washers in the 80s? I don't recall. I don't, I don't think they did, did I, they? I imagine if they did, then it would be big kind of professional stuff. Not You wouldn't have popped out to B&Q and bought a, a carver or whatever it's called. Pressure yeah, washer. I do remember so, so when they, they did Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament, and I think that was, oh, was about 13, so that's 1986. So they must have had something. Yeah, they would have had something. something which, would have, which would have power washed. I mean, cause they, I mean they really did improve Big or Ben. Or sandblasting. They would have sandblasters. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I think it's a sandblast for lots of things. It would be where we turn a big stately pile into a... A big pile of dust. <laughs> a big pile of dust, exactly. Antique dust. <laughs> Antique dust. <gasps> see what I did oh, then. On brand. Oh, oh see amazing. See what I did. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's the, the scene between Charles and Edward. Bit stiff. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. And actually, in a sense, to start with, I felt a little bit sorry for Sir Edward. Because he seemed to be 
holding out an olive, olive branch. branch. Yeah, I mean, I think. But we, we think we subsequently learn that there's more <laughs> to their relationship than yeah, meets it, the eye. Oh, I mean, it it does. Yeah, it does seem. I mean, obviously, we know sort of the the, the sort of more of a backstory from later episodes, um, with regards to Edward and Charles. Um, but there was <laughs> there was a scene wandering around the stately pile and with staff around and about and Edward is a little bit disheartened that Charles doesn't want to stay for lunch but organises coffee but rather than having coffee in the lovely delightful drawing room um, they have to go out to the garden so well, they probably weren't allowed to have hot drinks and the <laughs> they weren't allowed that was in, part in, of in the stately home into the con- yeah, <laughs> into the probably contract. probably there was very limited what you know they could do so um, so they go outside um, and they're discussing sort of Edward's trying to bond with Charles and it's and, and Charles is a little bit stickly uh, but <laughs> then Edward mentioned something oh I remember when you were sort of uh, going away to school and you refused to come out of the tree and then Charles turns around to Edward and says well, you weren't there. And he says, well, I know. I was told about it. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. okay, with that, with that. I received th- a telegram <laughs> from the like, butler. <laughs> the butler told me. So I'm just thinking, yeah. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think that neatly, because it, 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 it sort of it got rid of all that sympathy I had initially for uh, for Edward. Like, going, because oh. I think Edward's here to do some business dealings. He's, yeah. he's trying every which way to do something. Um, so it's I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of prepared to give Edward the benefit of the doubt in that underneath his business machinations, if that's how you pronounce that word, um, I think I, I just get the sense that he would actually quite like to build bridges, build bridges to, yeah. to, to his son. But I fear too much water has passed under the existing bridges to yeah, uh, really I, have any more built. There is, there is a distinct element of that um and yeah I mean, i'm estranged from my father I mean, there's no, like, no hard feelings he didn't do anything particularly bad but he didn't do anything particularly good and or didn't do anything particularly didn't do, at didn't all actually do, didn't do anything <laughs> so, and he doesn't have a stately pile i mean it might, might it, it might have been a bit different <laughs> <laughs> what if he'd been very wealthy he'd been very wealthy but he he squandered the family but well i think his mother squandered the family well so that oh. was that was that. Okay. <laughs> Onward and upward. So no stately piles in our immediate future. No, then. unfortunately. Only not. ones we fund ourselves. <laughs> yes, we have to get an Airbnb for a gatehouse somewhere. Um, a lodge. So, a, a lodge. Um, so we have. Wait, so we have that, and, and, and Charles sort of. It, you, you, Charles knows more, and I think that was what's quite interesting. Um, and I think it was really well scripted because you did feel a bit sympathy for Edward and then that was quashed when it realised that he didn't really actually have any dealings with Charles and now it just seems a little bit convenient. So Charles's heckles are up because he thinks there's a spy in the mix from the last week's episode. So that was like, ooh. ooh. So Skullduggery. He, so he gets skull, got skull, there's a bit of skullduggery there. And then so there's a meeting um, with Gerald and Avril. Now... Gerald's meant to have been Charles's right-hand man for many, many, many years. Because, obviously, Polly had a dalliance with Charles and Abby is Charles's sort of, like, so daughter. 
um, but Gerald stepped up and married Polly. So and Charles and so Charles and Gerald have been together for some time, as in sort of employee or master and slave sort of thing. Um, I don't think that's the nature of their relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think Gerald would be open to it. Um, oh, quite possibly. So, so in this week's episode, last week he was a sort of structural engineer or yeah. a mechanical engineer. Yeah, he was a pro- he was seemed to be project managing a big engineering project. Yeah, uh, but the, and, and this week he's qualified as a, as a yacht builder. As a yacht builder. <laughs> so he has a meeting with um, the lovely Avril because poor Charles has been unavoidably detained. So he's he's arrived there, and it seems like it's the first time he's actually met Avril, and yet Avril worked as as Charles's. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's, it's the first time they've or, or they've, they've met in in <laughs> in, the, in this in this, the series so far. Yeah, it's the first time they've met in the series so far. However, it's not the same. It, it, it's as though it was the first time they've ever met. <laughs> so it was like, hmm, scriptwriter, did you read through the bio? <laughs> so yeah. sort of but anyway, so Avril's there with rather a large forehead because I think. Whoever, whoever did the, the, the hairstyle, sort of, it seems like one of those Playmobil, like, or, or sort of Lego right. stick-on hair thing. So, or, right. yeah, so it may have been a sound, bit breezy yeah. outside. You're making it sound like, what they call it, an Ancoats facelift. <laughs> well, she, she, oh, she, is, she is very much, uh, Avril is very much an English word. So, anyway, they're wandering around while workmen are stroking fiberglass bodies yeah. and things like that and you know what what really tickled me about that that scene what? is that the the the, the non-speaking extras were behaving as if gerald and avril weren't actually there <laughs> at all there was no there was no acknowledgement they didn't even look at them well gerald's peering at bits of fiberglass <laughs> no one is paying any attention to them. and that that just made me laugh because you know yeah, I just you know that's just the talent rather says. unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the extras had been given very clear instructions that they were not not to engage, not to engage <laughs> with the principals. Don't don't acknowledge them. Don't even look at them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it made me chuckle. That, yeah, that did make. At yeah. least in the rovers' return, you know, the non-speaking extras actually do. Sort of at least smile and nod as they take their pints and yeah. their hot pot. Not just... <laughs> anyway. So, so, yeah, so uh, they were talking about business bollocks and yacht building and sort of timescales and all that sort of palaver. Um, and then we cut to Polly twirling around again. She's, it's, it's lots of twirling. Well, she's, she's buying maybe, lots of frocks. She's buying lots of frocks. And Kate said, oh, it's, 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 and Polly said, oh, I'll have this one. And, um, and Kate, uh, said, Kate said, well, you bought rather a lot of frocks. Are you sure you want blah, 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 blah? <laughs> so, what, what, what a rubbish saleswoman. <laughs> yes, yeah, you want to get her buying more, not buying less. <laughs> yeah, yes, and then Kate. she proffers, proffers advice. So, yeah, so, um, well, I, I, and I think Polly is compensating. Oh, I think she's massively compensating. compensating. So, I mean, she's feeling a little bit sort of unloved and sort of abandoned about. Oh, because the thing is i mean if you imagine say polly and jan have been sort of quite good f- make doing coffee and everything. Well, i think they're sort of frenemies really aren't yeah, they well i think they're frenemies in later later things but then when they've been matey and going out and having lunches and doing that but now jan is a professional business lady and she's not 
having that sort of loveliness. Yeah, poor poor Polish is she's trapped in that palatial lavender. <laughs> lavender marriage. Day after day, she never gets to leave except to go to Perry Plus. Perry Plus. Perry Plus. <laughs> Perry Plus. <laughs> Yeah, so I, went, I thought, Kate, no, just tell her more frocks. Tell more frocks. And she wants to buy more stuff. You've yeah. got some sunglasses get, gathering dust behind the counter. Sell yeah. them! Yeah. Jan's on her uppers. You can't can't be too picky so, you sell it to. But, I mean, I mean Kate does recognise that, that, that there is that there is a little bit of hurt in, in yeah. Polly. And I think Kate's in, I guess, she's in quite a good position to recognise that in others because, because she's, she's quite hurt got it well. herself. Yeah, so... Um, and then we got to another scene with Polly. Right, she's she's finished a pot bride. Now she's like making over the house yeah. with an interior designer with a tape measure. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so whenever I've done any styling jobs like that, it's been very rarely using a tape measure. <laughs> oh, that's 22 foot. That's quite a big lounge though, isn't it? Or is it a sitting room? <laughs> What's the difference? You lounge in one and you sit in the other. I'm not sure. I, well, I, I, it's the same. I, I, mean, I think it's the sitting room, it's the grand house, and it's the lounge if it's on an estate. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lounge. We have a lounge. We yeah. don't have a sitting room. We don't have a sitting room. We, we sit in many of our rooms, but we don't have one that's specifically designated for sitting Just in. for sitting in. So the drawing room at Edward's big stately pile is for walking through to the garden to have coffee yeah, there. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's not for... Don't don't sit on the antiques. No. Don't drink coffee. But, no hot drinks near the near the very, very expensive furnishings. I can't I did, trust these acting people. I did find it very amusing where Bonnie would say, well, all of these things, all these antiquities and everything, they're all staying and all the other, other antiquities and expensive things... Um, they have a purpose for when we're entertaining. So I'm thinking, you've bought an interior designer in. You don't want any of the furniture replacing. And then, she, then, then the interior designer, after she's measured the 22-foot wall, <laughs> sort of room, she then says, so with the sofa, um, are we, are we getting some new loose covers or something? <laughs> I can just imagine, this is it's, it's not an interior designer. It's probably from Plum's workshop. Yeah. And then why is she measuring the room if they're not, Replacing any of the furniture, yeah. and then she she's just going to order them from the back of back page of a Sunday supplement, <laughs> and, and then she pings this horrible glass bowl on the piano. Bing! Yeah, oh, that sounds cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that was that was like a pound shop ping, not a that, that was not, that was not a like a no. righteous ping, no. was it at that, all? There's no lead near that glass. <laughs> so, so that it was quite it was mildly amusing that. And then Polly gets a little bit jealous about the interior designer having her own business. Uh, and then it's, it's, I, I just feel a bit sorry for her. She could do something. Um, do you think she might? She might do. She might do. I think she might. That might that'll be interesting. That would be interesting. If yes. she does do something. Very, very much so. So, and then we cut to the lovely Ken. Now, Ken's looking very stylish in his sweater, but no shirt underneath it. Um, and having a conversation because you've got Mark and what's her name? I keep Sarah. Sarah. Mark and Sarah. I keep wanting to call her Carol for some reason. She looks like a Carol. Um, so we've got Mark and Sarah at the um, at the speed speedboat place. Leisure cruise. A leisure cruise. And <laughs> Ken, Ken is is about to entertain a new client that's coming in, 
I was rather disappointed that the target, <laughs> target and achieve sort of chart, which is on the wall, has been put on the wall because it does actually look like they've achieved very much apart from. Well, it does indicate black, that they've missed. Red. <laughs> yeah, they've missed their target <laughs> by quite a long way. It's a lot. This is like, yeah, yeah. Target is a thin line, and actual achieve is like a very fat line, very much below it. <laughs> so it was like, no, we're taking this down. It's all about show and tell. But Mark is just not a very good salesperson, and he's just not very motivated at all, is he? He just wants to race boats. He doesn't want to sell the frigging thing. Yeah. So, so they're having a visit from uh, Robert McIntyre, who, I, as far as I understood, it is a manufacturer, or he's looking for for he's, an out for outlets for his for yeah. their for their product. For their speedboats. So, so they want Leisure Cruise, I guess, to sell to to sell to sell, sell the stock. their so, stock. So they they walk along sort of to a, quite a jazzy sort of sort of. Yeah, that, that I, 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 I do believe that that was a new piece of music, probably specially composed for Series 3. Yes. Because I've never heard that bit of jazz that, that, music I mean, it, it was very well done, and it was lots of sweeping shots. It must have cost quite a lot, um, because they didn't have like drone footages or anything like that, because it was quite an aerial shot where it came came all the way down, where they're walking amongst the sort of the pontoons and the speedboats. Mm. Um so the, 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 the Scottish man, uh, very short, very fetching yes. moustache there. Yeah, and th- there was a lot of uh, sort of quite tight two shots in that yeah. in, in that scene, which <laughs> which sort of seemed to ex- uh, accentuate the the height difference, particularly <laughs> between Ken and and Mister McIntyre. Because <laughs> Ken, Ken is quite is uh, Ken is is very tall. Also, Sarah is quite tall as well. <laughs> And they had, had had Mr. McIntyre in the middle of them, and it's just like they're trying to. They're, he's craning his neck. He's craning his neck to talk to the boat. So it's just like, oh my god, maybe Mr. McIntyre was uh, was related to one of the crankies. Or I don't maybe, know. The show. Or maybe they just just sort of stood him on a box. Yes, is is Jeanette Cranky your sister, your twin sister, love? So, but anyway, he seems very impressed with Ken. In fairness, Ken is a very good salesperson, and Sarah is also very, very supportive. Um, now, Sarah is is a little bit heckles raised um, because Jan arrives. Jan. Jan arrives at Leisure Cruise, and the meeting doesn't go as well as she hoped. So, this is Jan's first visit to Leisure Cruise. to the the red and black pleather emporium. Yeah, or it's come a lot a long way from the chandlery, hasn't it? Really, because it was a chandlery, it looked like a bit of a spa, uh, supermarket on the on the on the sort of mooringy yeah. place. Yeah, well, that's when we first see Jan and Ken, it's it is very much the chandlery is a is, is a proper chandlery, a proper chandlery, and, and their selling. office is just a little bit. Yeah. So. But now it's all so. So that leads me to a question, and I've probably just forgotten. So refresh my memory about where, where Perry Plus is, because I thought Perry Plue was was Perry Plue. Uh, Perry Plue. I thought it was at the back of the Chandler. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I and, thought um, the thing too. Is we don't have any outside shots of it, I'm not, and it could well be. So is Leisure Cruise in a different place? Leisure Cruise in a different place because it's got the moorings. Because that's right. why. Because that that that, that was investigated in See, the it's last such a long episode. time since we watched series two 
I've forgotten much of the because the series, detail. Series two, um, Ken visits um, um, uh, Mark and Sarah. So um, is Leisure Cruise their premises? It was their, It was the premises they were working right. from because that's where the speedboats were, etc. Right. Okay, that uh, makes that makes sense. I've forgotten that. So, so that 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 was th- that. So, but say we've had so Jan sort of. The, the, we we n- realised the relationship between Ken and Jan has sort of has, has ended. It was very jolly good fun, and you can see there's still a little bit of tenderness between the two of them. I mean, they're really really good. Well, they don't hate each other. No, they don't hate each other. But Jan wants to buy, wants to sort of like separate from Ken. Yeah. And Ken's not really that motivated to do anything. Well, I think I think I I think Ken still holds has a bit of a candle for Jan. And that's a good reason for, for him to want to hold on to yeah. his share in the boutique. Keep contact. Because without that, they would... they would. He's a no little reason. bit dismissive towards her, though. I mean, I, I mean in, one, in one stretch of the imagination, he, he, he does say, I've always believed in you. And in fairness, he was the first person that actually did believe in, in Jan and yeah. made Jan believe in her own abilities. Yeah. Which, which he, and he, well, he's, yeah. he's really, really good at that. But in the ne- next breath, he says it's not really an empire if you've only got one shop. Yeah, I think Ken's motivations have always been a little bit too mixed. Mm. Uh, to you know, to to you know, it's not it's not it's not clean in that it wasn't that. Yeah, he he promoted Jan because he was rah 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 Jan. It was all about wanting to get her into bed. And, and into when bed when and I don't doubt there there's genu there I don't doubt that there is that kind of genuine uh regard for her business acumen. It was n- it was never entirely one or the other. It was always a bit of a murky a murky mix of motivations for yeah, Ken. So but I mean it, I mean that's what what makes it really quite delicious because it's not just one dimensional. Um so but Jan has now found a new designer, Anna Lee who's a, a, a Chinese fashion student. Um, she was recommended by Sonia. Sonia. It's a shame we didn't get to see oh, Sonia. We love Sonia. We like Sonia. <laughs> Flashbacks, lad. Yeah. She, she was definitely a bit abfab. There was something There was something about the Adinas uh, about, about Sonia. Sonia. We love Sonia. Uh, so uh, Anna Lee um, is a Chinese fashion student that's about to graduate. Um, she's got fully expecting to go into her father's factory for fast fashion, uh, disposable or, or dispo- fashion, uh, disposable fashion, um, but not the cutting edge designs that she has uh, got uh, stuffed uh, in her portfolio. So, um, so it, so Jan thinks, oh, she sees the talent, and it was quite an interesting p- scene because it, <laughs> she looks arrived, which is like where. Yeah, hell is Jan. Yeah. It looked like a municipal swimming pool. It did. It? I, I, was, <laughs> I was expecting to see someone in flip flops with a towel slung around the neck. I was a vending machine with a wagon wheel and, and, and the hot chocolate one, what, what, or the well, soup. It was a soup. It was always minestrone soup in a wagon wheel. That's when wagon wheels were wagon wheels, not just like these little sort of hors d'oeuvre biscuits, little, little nuggets that they are now. <laughs> so, don't get me on the size of wagon wheels. Oh, don't oh, get them started on wagon wheels. I'm clutching my pearls. So, so Anna Lee's been introduced, but she seems a bit flat. I mean, it, it seems like the actress's sort of probably first acting gig. Um, um, 
but I don't know if it, she was just trying. If it was just she was just trying too hard to. Well, be I think shy. The, I think the direction was very much that she she was to be shy and self-effacing and not confident, and she 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 carried that she, off. She carried that off really well. Yeah. Um. So Jan's feeling a little bit upbeat with regards to that, and then we have a lovely scene with Amanda. Oh, I love Amanda. Amanda from the swimming pool last week. Um, so Amanda is now at the Mermaid Yard. What's she doing at the Mermaid she's Yard? The Mermaid Yard. She's asking the Mermaid Yard to do some work on on the family uh, boat, family yacht, um, and then suggests that could they move it around at six o'clock in the evening? Um, so um, yeah, when the sun's over the yard arm, the sun's over the yard arm. Not that, and and would 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 Leo. Leo do it, or Bill just offers Leo's services. And because in fairness, yeah. Amanda is yeah. Bill's, super cute. Bill's pimping, yeah. pimping Leo out, and, and he thinks he's doing a really good. He's he's doing his doing the thing because I mean Leo is like quite like mm, mm, sullen. He's he's trying to channel his inner Abby, um, and Amanda's like super sparky and fun and lovely. I know God knows what she sees in them. Well, apparently, well, we find out in a, in a later scene that I quite like it when you're sulky. Well, I quite like it when you're cross. Or there was something about like I quite like it when you're pouting and sulking. Sort of like he finds the allure. Uh, it's not quite James Dean, but he does. Depends. Yeah, it's not quite James. <laughs> not quite. Not, not quite James Dean. So Bill thinks he's being helpful and says, "All right, yeah, Leo will do that." So she goes, "Oh, she goes, oh, oh fabulous! I'll see you at six o'clock." Um, and <laughs> we go to a scene where she arrives in this heart-to-heart uh, -heart white Mercedes convertible and uh, meets up with a sulky, a sulky Leo wearing the um, the sailing sort of regalia from. From the very, very, very first episode. I know the flying fish. I know the flying fish, and then whatever happened to the flying fish? I don't know. We haven't seen the flying fish because it, it was. It it's was, in the opening sequence. Yeah, but we haven't. Well, Av didn't Avril buy it? Well, Avril did some. Avril grazed for a buyer. It. She bought it, but pretended it was being bought by someone and else. Then said, and "All right, we'll smore it here, and you can use yeah. it whenever you like." Maybe it's maybe it's sunk. No, it can't sunk. No, the flying because fish there's a big is the storm. There was a big storm and it got swamped and sunk. Yeah. If ever I decided to have a tattoo, I'd have the tattoo of the, the flying fish. The, the <laughs> so, I think it's just iconic. With a couple of cross chips underneath it. <laughs> that wouldn't be the Lynette. <laughs> so, <All right. laughs> that would just be like L. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit of the Y. It's yeah. sinking down. <laughs> and someone waving... Um, so, uh, but anyway, they have a really nice scene with Amanda and Leo, uh, and they're sailing this boat, and uh, and, so, and Amanda's in sort of d doing Kate Winslet before Kate Winslet was doing Kate Winslet in Titanic, uh, in a sort of quite nice, sort of attractive knitwear actually. Um, <laughs> you love your knitwear. I do don't love you? my knitwear. Uh, knitwear. And Leo says, "Oh, do you want to steer?" And uh, she goes back and steers, and then sort of moves the boat in a in in, in a sort of a, a roundabout fashion said right we're off to Cherbourg and he said no we're not we're not and they said oh I love it when you're cross uh, and then the police boat arrives <laughs> so it's, she's basically nicked one of her family friends boats without telling them yeah 
<laughs> which I just thought, oh, I think that's really endearing. I think that's really endearing. I really like her. I she's, really like she's Amanda. A, she's a menace. She's, she is a menace. She's a, but she's a total she, menace. But, she's a kleptomaniac. But in the whole episode, she was sort of really very sort of sparky, bright, unabashed. I mean, she was like what Polly was in the first couple of series, but Polly seems to be a bit sort of like. Mm. Well, she's Polly's a bit deflated now she's because a bit deflated because now. There, there was the, there was a scene at Fair Holdings when Charles is ruminating over his father's uh, intentions. and then organizes a seven p.m. meeting and then t- then tells Gerald, "I'm not going to it. You're going to go to it for me." But Gerald has made arrangements to to, have, to, to, to take Polly Polly out to dinner. dinner. Um, and, uh, and then Polly's we then we cut to, to cut to Polly dressed in finery, d- sort of plonking away tunelessly on the but piano, he's, he's looking he's very upset, but very attractive. But clearly been stood up. I know. <laughs> Has a phone call, and then it's like, oh, I really do feel sorry for it. But then this does actually seem uh, going on to the continuing along with the Polly and Gerald thing. Gerald comes back and he's very apologetic. Because uh, uh, Polly's there with a gr- sort of glass in hand, um, looking quite sad. Yes. And it wasn't angry sad. I mean, because, I mean, in fairness, their relationship is quite an open, it is an open relationship where she can see other people. So I'm surprised she's not entertained herself with other suitors like she has done previously. But they, the scriptwriters seem to have forgotten that they have the ta- that have the flat in town that, she, that, that both of them use separately. Yes. Um, yeah, because that's that that's not convenient for the current storyline. Mm. Oh no no no! This storyline, you're forgetting this story. I'm not line. forgetting. I'm I'm very. In fact, I was just going to come on to the fact that that suddenly, out of the blue, yes, Gerald is 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 dealing with some something else, personal issues that we, he's not willing to dis- divulge to to Polly. No. So I mean, this is I mean this this is really quite a nice juicy storyline. This, um, and it's dealt with quite well. In it's this dealt series. with quite well now. It's dealt with appallingly poorly in, later on in subsequent episodes, yeah. especially series three, yeah. no, series five. Yeah, when it just gets ridiculous. Shh, but we'll, spoilers, we need spoilers. No spoilers, but spoilers. it gets ridiculous. So there, there's something going on in Gerald because Gerald's been like pretty much a two-dimensional sort of like a yes man to Charles, yeah. and tolerates Polly, yeah. which is why it's, it's firm to suddenly develop a third dimension it is it's slightly jarring because and also it's, it's, it is also a little bit jarring because polly knows what she's got herself into she is the convenient wife and the hostess when it's required um and now she's she's demanding on gerald for a straightforward husbandly duty type thing which does seem a little bit well when did the rules change there um and that's uh, I mean, that's that that that's the question because in series one and two she's been very much gadding around, bit of a man eater, um, quite salacious. I know she's probably feeling a little bit left out because Jan, has, who's like seems to be a busy mate at one point, um, has now moved on to other things. Um, but she just seems to be a bit adrift, and the character doesn't seem to be as as self-contained uh, yeah uh, and as rounded as it as it was previously because she was all quite jolly 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 um, and keeping herself amused with her with, a, with, with her, her her gentleman callers yeah 
and now suddenly she's she's becoming all needy um which is quite which is quite it's quite strange i mean i i quite i mean i'm enjoying the the, the trajectory of it yeah well just as gerald's becoming more rounded uh, well, maybe, he's qualified and everything so maybe, he may as well get a personality as well now. yeah so so <laughs> so so i think possibly you know as as the gerald and Polly storyline develops then i think they have to become more uh well you know better rounded I yeah think. and i think that i mean because Polly was, I know you you said that she was w- rounded previously, but I'm not sure I go along with that because I think Polly was a little bit, she was a little bit one dimensional, yeah. just as just really as Gerald was. But but now that, that as the series is maturing, and we were getting more interesting storylines, because we didn't really have anything very interesting. Polly never really did anything interesting. Oh, she, she was came there on, as a, said something salacious, then yeah, walked off. She was, she, she was there as... Well, actually, I think they were both foils. So Gerald was a foil to Charles, and Polly was a foil to, to Jan. Yeah. But now they're, they're, they're getting their own their own storyline they have to become a bit more meaty a bit more yeah a bit yeah. more three-dimensional so i mean that was it, and and i i really like that um and it, so i mean that there's no well there's no and for it it, it is pu- it, it is really interesting how that's going um and especially with no abby being there because you could see that polly was a bit of a social climber with regards to sort of the potential fiance the father of Abby's child, that sort of thing. So she was wedging in there. So I mean, that was quite an interesting thing. But now she doesn't seem to have anything to occupy herself with, which yeah, it's a bit sad. Um, but she also, could also do a jigsaw. I mean, <laughs> she could take up crafting. <laughs> she could crafting, oh dear. Knitting. She could, she could become a knitter. <laughs> yes, yes. <gasps> yeah, and then they could. That, that's she could have a knitting shop. Exactly. That's where they she could have wedged she in could the have... Howard's Way knit patterns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it could have been the Polly Urca wool shop. Yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Tartan is crying out for a good wool shop. I'm sure they are. And the, the, the Perry Perry Blue could do the the wool the Polly Originals. Amazing. Gosh, <laughs> we've just we've just rewritten a whole new storyline. Yeah. So we've been more lo- more business. Things. None of the sulkiness. None of the sulkiness. Yes. Moving away from the from from the sulkiness and the the, the lavender marriage tra- in trauma. Um, we have the Jack and Tom storyline. They arrive at a court, the court case for the um, the coroner's yeah. verdict. So they arrive at open verdict. Yeah. So they arrive at Southampton Coroner's Court. This is the, the chap that's died in the sailing accident with the Lynette. Yeah. The catamaran sunk, if you remember. Yeah. And so they're, they're now having to get a marine survey yeah. done um, on on that. So it's an open verdict, which is now creating much more of a ripple effect which that though in, in fairness that ripple effect because the because the, the mermaid yard is as losing jobs um the um the um the yachts that they they created which they're working which avril is building the barracuda the barracuda um that is potentially in jeopardy well it's very much in jeopardy so that's the cliffhanger episode that's yeah. the cliffhanger of this with charles and charles charles rewording so we're going to withdraw because of all the bad press uh, to get about you, and so it's it's not looking good. Um, so after after the court case, Jack comes back um, to the Mermaid Yard and uh, sitting in his office, looking at his bottle of whiskey, 
and uh, fortuitously, um, Kate phones and says, "You're not going to look at. You're not going to have a whiskey bottle." And he says, "No, no, no, no. I'm sober and everything," um, and puts the whiskey bottle away. But it was quite a. That was quite an emotional, mm. emotive episode. And he puts it back into the filing cabinet. Filing cabinet's strangely very empty. Well, that's well I suppose they haven't got any business. Well, yes, yeah, so it's indicative of the lack of, lack <laughs> of business, <laughs> business, isn't it? Um, and. Um, then uh, Bill offers to take him to the Jolly Sailor for a, a jar, and consequently, sort of Jack falls off the wagon with Bill. Um, but after the coroner's verdict, um, there was a, a lovely scene with Tom and Jeanne in the in Indian, the in Indian in restaurant. Indian restaurant. So, so Tom is there with his. His tankard of lager. Yeah. Um, and Jan arrives after meeting up with Anna Lee. Uh, speaking of Anna Lee, there was a TV show called Anna Lee, I'm sure, about a detective. And it had the, the, the that bald Yorkshire guy in it that was in Kez, was the gym teacher in Kez as the, as the, as the gay landlord. Of uh, She had a Triumph Herald convertible. I don't know how that, yeah, but she was called Anna Lee. I quite like that. It went from one series. It was right. quite jolly. Um, I, I, th I think that passed me by. <laughs> so, I think it was early 90s that was in. After, oh, well, I, I was too busy having investigate a, I was too busy having a good time in the early 90s. I was having a good time watching great television. You can watch great television and have a good time at the same time, or you can have a good time while watching great television. It depends what, you're, what your definition of a good time is. Oh, not on a podcast, really. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Jan and uh, and Tom are in the restaurant and they have a really, really lovely, sensitive scene. I mean, it, it's a bit, it's sad, um, but he's ordered the uh, chicken dal. No, chicken tikka with, with dal. With dal. Because uh, they look, she's <coughs> like, lift at least, oh, I haven't ordered, oh, I've ordered our favourite. It was just like really sweet because he's ordered the favourite thing and then they're agreeing to go forward with the divorce. Yeah. But they're it's holding hands sweet. at the same time. Bittersweet. I know, it was really, really sweet. Uh, and I thought that was absolutely well done. Well done, well done, well done. Uh, Kate's a little disappointed because when Jan goes back home, um, Kate is making herself useful. So, well, so I'm, as I'm living here, I have to pay my weight and I have to, to pull my weight sort of thing. And he's making, making dinner. Apparently chicken again. So she's having chicken twice on the same day. <laughs> but the chicken in the oven looked. <laughs> well, the there, oven was, there was nothing in the oven. Yeah, I, she I was wasn't... peering into the oven, which looked distinctly cold. Yeah, I wasn't. Con <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I wasn't convinced by the oven acting, to be to be honest. And there is swiftly along to the wicker the, the, the wicker seating arrangement around their breakfasting nook in the kitchen while they were talking about the divorce, which again was quite sad. Um, then we have another sense. It was uh, we had lots and lots of sensitive scenes. We had the Polly Gerald, we had the Jan and Tom, um, then we had the Tom and Avril. Um, yeah. So, 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 so Tom and Avril have two encounters mm. in this in in this episode, and the first encounter ends with Avril, I guess, being a little bit. Distant. Yes, and just inviting him round to supper yes. at her new place, which is full of boxes. Yes. Um, 
because uh, uh, she's obviously left the the, the cottage that Leo so, Leo so yeah. lovingly decorated yeah. in series one. Well. And she certainly seems to have bought quite a a swish looking. I know it's lovely. Marina, uh, a marina, marina flat. flat. So rather uh, nice. Uh, it was really quite a, a subtle, a, a, a subtle scene in that one as well. There's, I mean, there's lots of little subtleties put into this sh- uh, this episode because um, there's, there's boxes around and about, and uh, Avril and Tom are talking while wandering around her gorgeous apartment, which overlooks the marina. It's right, it's ground floor. And it overlooks all the yachts and the water around, and it does look stunning. Um, and he, he sort of picks out a picture of, a picture from one of the tea chests uh, that she's unpacking, and it's a picture of her and Charles. Yes. So, dun, dun, dun. Um, there's nothing happened, but obviously she's still she's worked with Charles now because of the some the sort of the, the, yeah. the, the boat. Building. And we and we know that they have history. They have a history, but she was very and upset. Tom and Tom knows they have history. Yeah, and then which Tom is part of the reason I think why he's not very keen on Charles. He, well, I don't think he's very keen on Charles because he had a dalliance with Lynn, and Lynn was left for dead after she fell off the pontoon and hit her head. Um, and so left for dead. So left for dead. So, so I think I think it's a bit unfair to say she was left for dead. Because that, that, that sort of suggests that Charles knew she'd fallen in no, the water. She just ran and off. And then jetted off at high speed in the opposite direction. That That's not what happened. No. So, but there was uh, perhaps a certain, uh, you know, th- she, that only happened because Lynn stumbled upon Charles with Honey Gardener. <laughs> the reject from one of James Bond thing. Yeah. But Honey Gardener was the wife. <laughs> Honey Gardener. I mean, really. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's a subpar pussy galore, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 there was some bonkers things in the last series where, where he employed a, a male gigolo to get jiggy with Honey Gardener so he could have a convenient divorce. Because <laughs> he only married Honey Gardener for the land acquisition <laughs> as he wanted. Yeah. So. That was just bonkers. That whole thing is just bonkers. Um, so Tom asks a very very good question where are we at and is it over is it over and And the answer is yes yes. but she does it so sensitively with a nice sort of a nice a nod and a wink a nod and a wink and a little kiss on the cheek and, that and then it. pushes them into the marine. No, he, no, she didn't do that. it was all very. It's all done very nicely, adultly, and everything. Because it was just. It was a little romance. It was. It was, a, it was never going to be the no. romance of the century because there's too much entanglement between Tom and Jeanne. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and and I think that's that. I, even though they are still going ahead with the divorce, um, they still care for each other and i think kate knows this as well of course she um, does kate knows how many onions make five yeah and she knows exactly when when, when, when jack's about to hit the yeah bottle. she does, have, she does <laughs> and that's been a few times over the last few series over the over the series so far when kate seems to have some kind of spooky uh, supernatural intuition when jack's about to hit the bottle yeah, so she should have been 
whisking round. She's like Mystic Meg. She should be whizzing round with some home baked lasagna or home baked chicken from from, from the, the cold cup, oven. From the cold oven. <laughs> and a bottle of lemonade. Uh, so, but so that was, uh, and then we have. Uh, so but there's, there's more. There's more. There's more. Oh, things Lord! On this this is a, a packed. But episode. It, it was a packed episode because then we they go to the Barclays Bank because it seems to be lots of they have to, big events to go into the bank. The bank has decided not to extend their overdraft. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get to see was it Laurie Meadows in this particular episode, but Mr. we've seen John. him a few times previously. Laurie Meadows is the bank manager at Barclays. Oh, not Sir John. Not Sir, Sir John. John. Sir John is a merchant banker. He's <laughs> he's several pay grades above Barclays. Might, he might be a bit like Gerald, and he helps count the money on the cashier desk. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe. but the, Sir John doesn't work for Barclays. <laughs> so it's anyway, not entirely certain so. who Sir John actually does work for, <laughs> but it's definitely not Barclays. <laughs> oh, but uh, so anyway, they. Uh, uh, so they've had the bad news that they're not extending the overdraft and it's all woes behold them. Jack's refusing to get rid of staff um, and Tom says we need to because we don't have enough money and we don't have enough work to keep them going and turns to Leo to look unfortunately it's like last in first out so and, and Leo's like oh fair enough. Yeah, I thought well, it was happening. Yeah I mean I, I don't it never really came across that Leo was particularly well, he was meant to be an apprentice sale maker, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was in the sale, the sale room, or whatever they called it. I'm sure he was only there for the, the sale lot, the sale loft, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, now that <laughs> Davey's now, now, now that Davy's no longer around, why should he? Why should? Why do, we never know what happened to. No, there's no mention of. He just of vanished. Davey. Vanished. Well, they, they, well, they, they got rid of one. They've got rid of one ethnic minority, and they've brought in another one with Anna Lee. So it's just like, okay, it's like, right, we felt like, did they have a tick list? Oh, right, okay, well, yeah, we got one, marvellous, let's move it on. Well, it feels like it. <laughs> it's just like, no, we can only have, we can only have one, one different ethnicity. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, so the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger was basically um, the Barracudas being cancelled, the Mermaid Jard is going, uh, is having to lay people off, uh, there's money worries, uh, Polly and Gerald are uh, in, a, in a sort of a conflict situation, but also we did have a little bit of salaciousness with Ken and Carol have agreed. Carol, to... who's Carol? Oh, Carol, <laughs> Sarah. I keep wanting to call her Carol for some reason. Carol straight Sarah. Um, I have I have agreed to have a little assignation, but that's only because uh, Sarah got jealous because Jan arrived. Um, so. When Mark is off doing a speedboat rally thing, um, they're going to have a little bit of uh, adult time together. Ooh. So, and then it all ended with the really nice jazzy, yeah, bit of jazziness. Yes. So, anyway, we have more exciting news to be imparted soon. Um, I'm due to get my Howard Gray T-shirt. <gasps> Mer- more antique dust, mer- uh, antique dust merch. Oh yeah, my god! More merch as well as the, the mugs. Well, there's our lovely mug, <laughs> which is an expanded Have you created the Leisure Cruise one yet? No. <laughs> Careful. Jonathan <laughs> just fell to the floor in shock. <laughs> he was shocked that Leisure Cruise mug's not available yet. 
but now so there is a there is a, there is a, so we're having our first f first print run of our t-shirt yeah so well, there's there's say. a range of t-shirts available in a variety of <laughs> colors <laughs> Check out our antique dust website at antiquedust.co.uk forward slash shop. <laughs> it's not quite peri flu, but it's nearly there. <laughs> so it well, we might rebrand it as as Peri Plus Marine Boutique. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that because because yeah, we 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 will uh, pro we'll probably branch out into other TV shows. Yes. And due oh, course, I, oh, so I, I am, I am, I am feeling the draw towards all creatures great and small, but not. Oh, you know, so we have got the box set of the old series, but I really love the new series so much. So, so we may well say so, so we have been discussing and batting over ideas of doing an episode by episode guide of all creatures great and small. But our all-time fave is always going to be Howard's Way. So, dear listeners, you can find us on all social media platforms at, at Auntie Dust. Um, inboxes, please share the podcast. We seem to be getting quite a lot of listeners for this. Yeah, God knows why. I mean, there's, so everyone, there's everyone's lots of crazy people out there. So we're not doing the tweets along anymore because it's very time consuming. Sort of, it, it really dips into our time for drinking. Yeah. Because mm. we do live in Cheshire and it's just like a wash with gin and gorgeous, lovely delights and wine merchants and stuff. So in the meantime, dear listeners, it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.